0: Sisters Guide the Teens Through the Ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well,
1: sisters, how are you this fine Tuesday evening?
0: <laughs> well, uh, tired. So uh, we're gonna see... What? We're gonna see how this uh, goes from here. This <laughs> uh, late night recording uh, goes from here. Late night recording? Yes. You're... 18? It's 9.42. And what is... I was up last night until 4 o'clock and woke up to go to class at 9 o'clock, only to find out class had been canceled as I was walking to class. So, so you uh, went back to bed? Did not get a chance to go back to bed, only had a chance to go do homework and then go to more classes. Well, I
2: so. was also up to 4 o'clock, and I got up at 10 and worked. But uh, I'm still kicking. So come on, let's get that energy going. Ah, uh, you got a real big soda. Drink it. Caffeine. <laughs> Woo!
1: I'm just old and have two kids. I got a fine night's sleep last night. I I sleep I sleep normal hours. People. I, I go to bed at eleven.
0: You're an adult I, mom. I get up that's at what, seven. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's good. You know, I don't get
1: that like anymore. Normal. Um. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Cindy, Cindy, she doesn't get that anymore you you should be so lucky you mom of two for all that sleep that you get <laughs>
1: <laughs> they do that they, they were mercifully they slept last night they were both they have like periods where for several nights in a row they don't sleep I think they just get together and say like let's not sleep for a few nights and really like destroy mom and dad and then eventually they just can't hold out anymore because, like, they're one and four, and they just have to sleep. And that's the night. That was last night. Hmm. Um, it was very exciting. We just found out that more than likely uh, there won't be guns in Riley's college classrooms. woo That's very exciting uh, news.
2: You, you know what? <laughs> like, I'm very happy about that. It makes me real sad that that's something that we have to be excited about. Like, that's yeah. no guns in classrooms because that got real close. and almost happened. Still could.
1: It's it's not. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's not 100% dead, I guess. There's the slimmest possibility it could come back by tomorrow evening but more or less it seems to
0: could pull out that that uh, defibri- defibrillator yeah this
1: they call it the zombie bill it just keeps coming it back, back. it's life. died several times and then been resurrected so
0: yeah. well hopefully hopefully
1: you know. they listen to reason and science and evidence and the will charlie. of charlie the voters and but r- realize they- that
2: they were wrong <laughs> They do have that really solid, totally not insane argument on their side that the only way we can protect young women from being sexually assaulted is to allow them to carry guns. Correct? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's a, this is a, this is, a this is a real argument that we're making. 2019.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's I mean that's their primary the primary argument. It's still the it's the good guy with a gun. Let's mm-hmm. just uh, well, I mean in the the broader Argument is arm everybody.
2: Just all the time. Always all have the a time. Gun, baby guns, dog guns, cat guns, old lady guns, guns, just guns. Just wild west it everybody all the time. And Hey, I don't
1: know
0: how to use a gun. Why would they want to give me one? I don't want one.
1: Well, no, you don't get one because you have to have a concealed carry permit and you don't know how to do that. I mean
2: you don't you would could figure it out. I was like,
0: gonna say I think it's probably pretty easy. Seems but, like it's probably pretty easy here.
2: Uh, I mean, if you don't take the steps to get that concealed carry license and carry a gun, then if somebody assaults you, it's basically your own fault, is what, <laughs> what the insinuation here is. Well, it's
1: still focused on like instead of let's working on the problem of rape and sexual assault, why don't we, um, <laughs> why don't we arm everybody? Yeah. And say, I don't know, stop it yourself.
0: Hey congress people girl pants don't have pockets where am i supposed to put this gun you want me to have (laughs) Uh, i just wear leggings
2: where are they gonna conceal it where are we gonna conceal it i'm i'm awaiting the yoga pant with like optional gun pocket like won't make your butt look big you can hide your gun here it comes in paisley you know you know if it's
1: gonna if it's gonna come out it'll be at dick sporting's goods in huntington first (sighs) you're right I'm getting, by the way, I'm getting texts from like every doctor in this community right now that I know, like, did you hear campus carry
0: was just defeated? Did you hear it died in judiciary? Did you hear like every doctor? This is like that big episode right at the right before intermission of a musical where everyone's like running around like, did you hear? Did you hear?
2: (laughs) See, I like that you say intermission because that insinuates that Oh, no, there's a second act of this. And I just can't not be cynical and think that there will be.
1: And I hope it's dead. Yeah. We'll see. Uh well, in in happier news, it is March. Yeah. I I like March. Spring break. Also, Sydney's birthday. Yep. Sydney's birth Sydney's month. Sydney's birthday. We month.
0: start we start celebrating. <laughs> well, it's at the end
1: of it. Yeah, but I mean like it's never too early to celebrate well, my birthday. Ah, it's a little too early. <laughs>
0: or That's too late. It's like three weeks away. <laughs> to yeah, celebrate it's... all the time.
2: Well, I mean, if that's the rule, that it's not too late to celebrate my birthday. It just happened back in January,
0: so... <laughs> oh, mine is just in a few weeks, in August.
1: It's, uh, St. Patrick's Day and my birthday. What a great month. Woof. Fantastic
2: month.
0: St. Patrick's Day is one of those holidays that isn't a holiday when you're under 21.
2: Um, and yeah. it's it's also not a holiday if you're over 25, I think. <laughs> oh, I think it's fun. <laughs> yeah
1: well, likes it. I like it because now I have a kid who like decks herself out in green, yeah and and thinks it's now awesome. she goes to
0: school. What if some kid pinches her' because she's not wearing green? It falls Saint Patrick's Day falls on a weekend, mm-hmm.
1: so you yes it's it cool. She's actually wearing her St Patrick's Day outfit tomorrow. Good, that's good, <laughs> so, even though it's it's a while away that's that's good. well, it's, it's, get it in early. It's wear Green Day, which I've been calling it Green Day, and it's been very confusing. It's Green Day for Green <laughs> Eggs and Ham because it's Dr. Seuss Week or something. I see. So, I don't know. I'm putting what? green hair extensions in her hair.
0: Oh, okay. she loves that. Uh,
1: but it's also Women's History Month. Woohoo! Yay! Another great thing about March. Yay, women. Uh, it's also, its the month of Gloria Steinem's birthday. Her birthday is like mm. two days before mine or two days after. It's right around mine. It's within two days of mine. (laughs) Sydney finds this fact very important. I did when I was, when I was younger and I guess, hey, listen to me, transition pro. Uh, we're going to talk about, about some of our favorite (laughs) female role models, uh, teen. I mean, like not teens themselves, but like when we were teens and current, you know, female role models then and now, um, and one of my first ones was Gloria Steinem. She was one of my first, like, I got really excited when I started reading about about her. And um, then when I found out that our birthdays were close together, I thought it was fate. I will be a feminist. And yes. I will be loud. Yes. And I will make trouble. Yes. And also those glasses looked really cool. <laughs> but I don't think I could pull them
0: off. Mm-hmm. That is the that is the question.
1: I uh, I the re- the realization this so rarely happens when you have like somebody that you idolize as a teen mm-hmm. and then like someday you get to meet them. Yeah. I uh, I got to meet Gloria Steinem when I was in college. She came oh. to give a talk in a women's studies class. Yeah. That I snuck into. And <laughs> I have nothing against t- I have nothing against t- women's studies. I just wasn't in that particular women's studies class. Yeah. But I kind of knew the professor, and I ended up in the back of the room. And then I snuck my way up to the front at the end so that I could say hi. <laughs> I was in the, you know somebody hated me for that. I wasn't even in the class. Yeah,
0: Like, who is this? She doesn't even
1: go here. I was just like, I'm going to do this. I think I told her, like, you know, in one of my classes we had to pretend to be historical figures and debate things, and I pretended to be you, and she was like, that's nice.
0: This
2: is <laughs> weird. Yeah, maybe not a thing that, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> I once pretended to be you. I love you. <laughs> was in a class. <laughs> uh, but that was that
1: was one of my earliest introductions to the idea of feminism. It was yeah. and obviously she is not the only feminist or the the end all be all of feminism, but it right. was my first the, my baby steps into the world of feminism.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Uh I know for me when I was I guess probably seven. Um Mom took me to the polls in 2008 uh, for the primary election mm-hmm. and said, hey, we're going to vote for a woman for the first time ever for president. Vote for Hillary Clinton. She she did not win then. It was uh, in case you were wondering. <laughs> she did not win. She did not win. Everyone but was, spoilers. <laughs> sorry if you hadn't heard yet. Um, if you haven't watched the 2008 2008- primary Primary election election yet (laughs) yeah i mean maybe for all the like you know uh like babies
1: out there also if you're hanging back if you if somehow you're watching presidential elections i don't know and you're like that far back in the seasons let me tell you it gets worse there is some stuff coming
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) maybe stop (laughs) stop watching it doesn't go anywhere good where are, like, are you,
1: where are you right now? Did you
0: just see Obama win? Stay there. Yeah. yeah. Stay there forever. Don't go. Just live there. It's like <laughs> when you watch Grey's Anatomy. It's like, you know who dies later. Just live and stay in the world where they're all alive. <laughs> um, But I, I remember that being the first time where I was like, man, women can, not the first time, but that I remember being like, women can do, do really cool things because sometimes when you're young and going through school, even when I was going through school, Usually the boys were the ones that everyone was like, Well, you're you're smarter and you're gonna do better things and you're more likely to be better at this or more capable of doing this and then you see a woman doing important things when you're a little tiny woman yourself and you're like, Wow, that's a thing I could do I,
1: I think I think Hillary Clinton did that for me as well back in the nineties when she was first lady, because to see the first lady be so vocal about Policy, specifically health policy was her platform and to kind of, she, she spoke out, she had a position, she had what at the time was considered a radical position. Mm -hmm. It would be now compared to the era of, you know, maybe Medicare for all Mm -hmm. that we're moving towards, hopefully, hopefully Medicare for all. Yes. It does not seem radical now, Uh, but the way that she was then beaten up in the press and just took it. And kept on fighting and eventually, obviously, the health care law died and she wasn't able to get any traction. But it was it was very um, electrifying for me as Mm -hmm. a a young woman to see that and be like, wow, she's just doing it. She she had a mic and she used it. It. I mean, well, and I mean, like she she wasn't she wasn't elected. She was the first lady, but she said, forget it. I now have cameras are on me. I have a voice. I have a microphone. I'm going to use it. And I, I found that very inspiring to just say, like, if I have a position, uh, I'm going to use it to speak about things that matter. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Hillary Clinton was one of my early, yeah, my early heroes, for sure.
0: I think that's interesting that, you know, I, I can say that and you can say that. And I can say that continuing into my early teen years and, and recent teen years,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know that's not just someone that was only prevalent in your time period or only has become prevalent recently. And I think that's interesting.
1: Tay, do you have any of your like early
2: female role models? Um, I'm trying to think like back to like first role models <laughs> that weren't, weren't cartoons. Uh, and um, I mean, I think for me there was like kind of an as- as- aesthetic that most of my role models possessed. Like, I don't know like uh the the females that I was obsessed with like as a young teenager I was very much into music specifically like rock and roll and, and punk music and like Joan Jett and like Kathleen Hanna and like Brody Doll or and uh Louise Post like like kind of like women that were represented as sort of like they weren't afraid to be messy they weren't afraid to be rough they weren't afraid to be like kind of gross and like it was like something that I was uh, infatuated with and I mean they also their music which you know they weren't they weren't singing about boys they had crushes on they were singing about politics and they were singing about you know their sexuality like openly and like you know it was it was kind of the the aesthetic and the message of of what I wanted to be like just Mm -hmm. that a very, uh, the kind of female that, you know, you hear all your life you're not supposed to be was very much what they all were and what I, I just kind of absolutely idolized as like a young teenager. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, I think and music is a big part of that when you're a teenager. That's very true. Because when, when I'm thinking about like as an adult, when I think of powerful female role models, I don't necessarily think of like a lot of media, mm-hmm. nece- you know, at this point in my life. But I it's true if I think about to my teenage years, um I've I found Carol King very empowering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to her music all the time and I found her like soulful and important and I I I found her very inspiring. But like also Tori Amos, I Oh yeah. All of a sudden there was this like voice that was not at all, um, uh, what am I trying to say, like, it? W- I was such a, a good girl, I followed the rules, I behaved, and Tori Amos seemed like she didn't, <laughs> and in a way that I found, like, very, like, cool, and interesting, and exciting, and, like, maybe it's not important to follow the rules all the time, maybe if you're Maybe if you push against them, I don't, I, I found her very exciting as a young woman, like somebody that made me look at things differently. And
0: you say Tori Amos was the girl in your, your teen movie about your life that shows up and shows you how to, you know, let your hair down a little and appreciate the, the things in life, teaches you how to like skip class for the first time and, and wear a leather jacket. She's the first one to
1: like dare me to smoke a cigarette. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Tori Amos, or I guess in a, in a, on a lighter note, Alanis Morissette, but like Tori Amos was the real deal. That was always the impression I had. Tori Amos is the real deal.
2: Well, and I mean, I think those were that's that era of like 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 the women in music that we had then, those sort of alternative women, like that came about. Like we're so opposite what we were being fed with, like the regular pop culture like you know it was op. that was opposite during that time period like the rise of like christina aguilera and britney spears and like Mm -hmm. like even like the spice girls which okay third wave feminism but like still like jumping around in platform boots and like they're singing palatable pop music their biggest request on you is that if you want to be my lover you gotta like be with my friends like that's that's way easier to get along <laughs> with than like Tori Amos you know talking about her feelings in depth and the ugliness of them and the realness of them like that mm-hmm. it was it there was an unpalatability that 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 music was brave enough to possess that I think really I mean the the same artists you're you're talking about like I think still fell in the same category as the ones I'm talking about like Fiona Apple you know like mm-hmm. Fiona Apple had no problems being, somewhat unapproachable and somewhat scary and that really really intrigued me and like made me think that there were different ways to be a woman other than crop top <laughs> like <laughs> like <laughs> long blonde hair I'm innocent but maybe not like oh come on <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's I I re- it that is really true that definitely musical artists I was trying to think if there were I don't feel like there were a lot of um, actors who necessarily pushed me in that direction. I I don't I don't know why. I guess music you consider like the creation of the artist. Yeah. And the not that I mean obviously a character is as much the creation of the actor as the writer. But I don't know. You I know wasn't. I mean, I never felt like that connection to actors that I did to musicians. Well,
0: it's different because when you're listening to someone's music, you're listening to their words, and right. I mean for the most part they write them and it, or at least know what they're singing and believe in what they're singing. But when you're watching someone perform as a character, even if they're helping and creating the character, it's still not them. Mm-hmm. It's still something they are creating, but what they're creating is not a reflection of their personality. Oh.
1: I think, I think, and along with music like that, I would also say that um, Missy Elliott is another good figure. Like, I remember the first time I started seeing, like, her music videos and stuff, thinking, like, as a woman, this is a different... Like it's it's cool and it's different and it's out there and it's a whole other voice and it's louder and it's I mean I liked it like I I remember thinking like this is very inspiring to me as a woman as uh, a whole I mean it was I don't know it's a voice you didn't hear enough in media a Mm -hmm. voice you didn't hear enough from from women like being that bold. And uh, I I think that was a very inspiring influence for me, too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think then that and and I think Missy Elliott exudes confidence. Like, yes, yes. (laughs) That's something that I think it's always kind of a low key, like, no, no. uh, in femininity is like, I hate I hate of all the so many tropes I hate. But the one I hate the most is that you can only be beautiful if you don't know it. That's the only way you can actually be beautiful is as long as you just are so unaware of it. If you know you're beautiful, no, you're you're ugly on the inside. You're a bad person. But like, that's and and that beauty can only be bestowed to you by a man. He can tell you Mm -hmm. you're beautiful, and then you can be beautiful. But it's because he validated you. It's not a thing you can own. And so I just love it when like a female artist or musician or or just a female like is like, "Yep, I'm amazing. I'm confident. I'm talented. Mm -hmm. I you should be afraid of me."
1: Yeah, no, which I mean, like I think another like a female, we're still kind of in the celebrity realm, but a female who is powerful and inspiring that is from our era and continues to persist today um, better than ever, Beyonce, Beyonce. is a great <laughs> yes. example of that. Yeah, I mean, she knows her power. She yeah. owns it. Um, and that, that is, that's so important because as a young woman, I, I very much felt like, an important value as a female is that I am constantly self-deprecating. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I am. I am, and at every turn, trying to underplay my own skills and worth and abilities and appearance as much as I possibly can. Um, I, like specifically,
2: what is the, what direction? One direction? Is it just one? Is that the band? <laughs> i'm pretty sure okay (laughs) new
1: directions is the glee thing so i think one direction is okay
2: i don't know whatever (laughs) direction like literally the chorus is you don't know you're beautiful that's what makes you beautiful excuse me while i vomit (laughs) (sighs)
0: yeah
1: that's always very important it seems when you hear like men writing about women yeah Mm -hmm. that their character is extremely beautiful but somehow has never seen a mirror in her entire life
2: <laughs> what well, you know like I mean right up there with Beyonce like Lady Gaga and I was never a pop music fan but I live and die for Lady Gaga because she has so much courage in her music and she has no problem being honest and vulnerable but also incredibly confident and incredibly empowered and also just weird
0: yeah <laughs> I, love and I think her- her story is very relatable for a lot of young women because I i mean there are stories of like there are Facebook groups and you know clubs created to tell her she'd never be famous and people telling her while she was in school and growing up like you know you just think that you're great and you think all this about yourself you're never going to be famous you're not talented and now like she's out here winning Oscars and you know mm-hmm. and I think I think that anybody
1: who uh, women who push the boundaries like uh, as we were talking about Lady Gaga I started thinking like back older like Katie Lang I think is a good example of that mm. who pushed the boundaries of what a woman is and what, what a woman can look like and what a woman can sound like and what a woman can do and be I always think that that, that was so inspiring to me or like Grace Jones is a great example of that like I, I think like redefining that was very powerful and I know that we started in like the political realm and people who've made great contributions to society and we could sit here I mean it is Women's History Month we could list like all the women who have done great things throughout history of course um but I I think like there is a place for women who have just changed the definition just a little bit Mm -hmm. right of what you can be and that's so important when you're younger because the more things you see women doing the more things you feel like you can do
2: yeah well and, as a woman and through the scope of like the, it's the premise of this show kind of dealing with teen audiences and, and and the teen experience like as much as there yes so many amazing women in history that have done so much well, like for me i don't know like was i the most politically aware like studious teen no i i lived on a steady pop culture diet and so the things that shaped my the the kind of woman I grew into were were largely pop culture figures and I think that's true for a lot of people like I think it like seeing Ellen come out on primetime television was an incredibly like earth shattering moment for me as like a as a young teenager or or like I remember listening to like Ani DeFranco and it was like like I felt like I like had like a I don't know some like like you know contraband like oh no it's yeah. it's lesbian music and I'm listening to it <laughs> like, like, you know that's that's just they're you know they didn't change any rules or have any like change the world but for me they were pop culture figures that put new ideas in my head and also made me like humanized ideas that I was really afraid of for me
0: Mm-hmm, yeah.
1: Um, I wanna I want to get more into some from today, mm-hmm. some figures from today, um, and then also move. We th- we said we weren't going to talk a ton about celebrities, and then we all and did. We, did. <laughs> we all, all of us. <laughs> we all had a lot to say. Uh, I didn't make that, that, that agreement.
0: Nobody <laughs> <he> asked me?
2: <laughs>
0: Let's check the group message. Right. Uh, I have a sponsor. i want to tell you all about this week first. I'm gonna get to it first. Go for it. All right. Uh, I'm going to tell you about Squarespace. We've talked about Squarespace before, but Squarespace is a a website that's going to help you create websites. (laughs) How meta is that? All right. No, but with Squarespace, you can create a beautiful website where you can turn your cool idea into a new website. You can blog or publish content. You can sell products and services of all kinds and so much more. You can make your your website or your blog about Women's History Month and, and... sell all the uh, cool sorts of fem- feminist women merch and then uh, uh, blog about all the amazing women in history and, and today. Um, and Squarespace gives you beautiful customizable templates created by world-class designers, a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions, analytics that will be grown real-time, and 24-7 award-winning customer support. Make your website stand out with a beautiful website from Squarespace. Taylor, if our listeners want to check out Squarespace, what should they do? Well,
2: you should head over to squarespace.com slash buffering uh, for a free trial. And then when you're ready to launch your cool site, you can use the offer code buffering to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So yeah, check out squarespace.com slash buffering. Get that 10% off when you're ready to launch with code buffering.
1: Uh, we got another sponsor we want to tell you about this week. Oh, yeah. um, Sisters, I have I needed some new swimsuits. Um, a little earlier this season because we're going to be on a cruise next week, and Ooh. so I, yeah, I needed some swimsuits. And the first place that I headed to, my my trusty, my faithful friend, my tab right there in my in my search bar or whatever that bar is, the bar at the top of my internet.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you. <laughs> at the top of all the internet. You you were right the first time, but keep making it sound like you don't know things. <laughs>
1: Mod cloth. I love mod cloth. And they've got they've got all the clothes and accessories you need, but also swimsuits. And it's the time of year, maybe if you're me, that you're looking for swimsuits. And it's nice because Mod Cloth believes fashion should celebrate all women. And they've expanded their size range from 0 to 28. And it's really wonderful as a, a woman who has given birth a couple times. Just a couple. Just a couple. uh. <laughs> I can trust, ModCloth always has things that still I feel good in. Mm -hmm. I like the way they look on me. They really, they understand that, like, our bodies come in all shapes and sizes, and uh, we also have different tastes. And I always find something that I like when I go to ModCloth, and I'm super excited about my bathing suits that I got. I even got a bikini because of all those high-waisted bikini bottoms that are in style now. Yeah. I can uh, cover my stretch marks and still wear a bikini, yeah. and I was very excited about that. because I, cause I those thought those high-waisted bikini bottoms. I thought my bikini days were over, uh, but thanks to ModCloth, they're not. So, uh, Taylor, if our listeners would like to check out ModCloth, what offer do we have for them?
2: Well, you can get uh, 15% off a purchase of 100 bucks or more. Uh, all you have to do is go to modcloth.com, and uh, when you're ready to check out all your cool goodies, you just use code BUFFERING at checkout. Um, now, this offer is valid for one-time use only, and it expires June 9th, so you, you have plenty of time to get those swimsuits in before swim season, but once again, you want to go to modcloth.com, 50% off, a purchase of 100 bucks or more, just use that code BUFFERING at checkout. Alright, now, I...
1: I I feel like, as we're moving through this episode, I feel like we should make a quick note that, like, we recognize that we're not covering, like, every famous figure in history. that would be impossible. Like, I, I don't want it to be like, I can't believe you would do an episode about important women for Women's History Month and leave out this person. I mean There are
0: entire podcasts about important women, right. or shows, or well,
1: know. it just occurred to me. This is more like ones that we personally found inspiring. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I am not like trying to disrespect the accomplishments of Susan B. Anthony or right. like, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Blackwell, the, <laughs> yeah, I, or Margaret Sanger. I, I, you know, I, I, I realize as we're talking about this that it sounds like well, we're just gonna completely disregard some very important figures in history, but uh, no, just ones that we. Maybe had a little bit of a personal draw to and yeah. inspired us as humans. Um, and there are many that I am sure inspired you personally as well. I just thought yeah. I would mention that. Because otherwise course. it would seem like a very bizarre survey. Right.
0: Um, I want to talk about women I look up to now. Go for it. Um, so there are three women I I really admire that weren't around when you all were teens. And there is one that I greatly admire who has always been around and will continue to um, watch over us all, and that of course is Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> yes. I want to start by talking about her as we transition into today because she's been around for young girls and women alike to look up to for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of the things she did d- no one knows about. Everyone knows that she's a Supreme Court justice, that she has spent her career fighting for for women and for all people for equality and all things like that. But I I think that a lot of things she did were really cool and a lot of people don't know. And as uh, a young woman who hopes to go into the legal field, I think that she is exceptionally inspiring.
1: Unless they saw the movie, in which
0: case they might know. Unless I saw the movie On the Basis of Sex, which I did see. (laughs) And that is why I do know these things. And I did look them up afterwards to make sure they were all accurate. And the ones I... (laughs) Uh, found the most interesting word. Riley was were going all to write a
1: very strongly worded letter if they were. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, like, I didn't know that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was married to a man who also went to Harvard Law School. She was one of only eight women in her entire graduating class and was one of the first classes to ever allow women into Harvard in the first place. Um, but she was married to a man who was a year or two ahead of her in law school and he contracted cancer while he was in school. So while he was at home uh, resting and getting treatments done, she took notes for all of his classes while attending all of her classes. Also while raising their daughter. And I find that crazy that she, you know, did the work for her husband while he was sick. Um, took care of their child, did her own work. And then as soon as he graduated law school... He was offered a job immediately at a very important firm in New York. But as soon as she graduated top of her class from both Harvard and Columbia and in Harvard's law review and Columbia's law review, um, she was not offered a job at any law firm she interviewed at because they didn't want women working at their law firms. And she had to become a professor at Rutgers at their law school teaching about uh, women and gender equality law and all those things which is cool in its own right because she was their first ever female tenured professor but she also like wasn't able to work in what she was trained to do because she was a woman and did the work for her husband and he was immediately able to and you know once she was able to become a lawyer she fought for women and does that today mm-hmm. and i don't know i just think rbg is like a, a great feminist role model everyone not just those who want to do law. Listen,
1: you're only going to get love for RBG here. I know.
0: <laughs> I know. I can't imagine a single person listening to this episode is going to try to come at any of us with any sort of shade a- for our RBG. RBG. <laughs> no.
1: Um RBG, we love you. Yeah. You serve on the Supreme Court for all of time.
0: Yes. You will never you will never go away. Um but three women who weren't around when you all were teens, I think are good for for young women today. The first of which being Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez.
2: Yeah.
1: AOC is definitely, I think, a great role model for young women today. Um, Yes. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. She's making
2: everybody so mad.
0: (laughs) She danced and they all hated it. And I love that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love that all it takes to get all these old white guys upset is for a a young woman to dance. Uh, She's, I think she's they see her
1: as a threat for several reasons one is that she's very um qualified mm-hmm. she's very smart and capable and able to do her job very well i mean mm-hmm. she she's doing well yeah and objectively she is good at this and should be doing it and i would say will be for a very long time um not just in congress i i would say someday a presidential run is in her future someday or i betting Maybe um, I'll be
0: old enough to be her VP by then.
1: <laughs> but, uh, but I I think it's also because we talked about this confidence thing. And she's got it. Yeah, she knows she knows what she's doing, and that's that's a really powerful thing because even women in leadership positions, you don't often see that degree of um, that that self assuredness that says, "Yeah, I can handle this." And that's very that's a great quality in a public servant. To yeah. say like I know what you have tasked me with as your representative, I know what I need to do for you, and I am up to it, and I will make it happen for you to the best of my abilities. So that's a very good quality. There's nothing about that that's arrogant. It's no. it it makes you trustworthy. It's yeah.
0: good. She walks around to that Senate floor with her hoops and her red lipstick and her power suit, and also asks the best line of lines of questioning to all people that... You're now, is that a power wear. suit? Yeah. I always think 80s are like yeah. the 80s suits, like with the big shoulder pads. It She looks powerful in it, and it's a suit, so it's a power suit. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I do think... We're talking about women redefining things, she redefined the power suit.
2: <laughs> I mean, uh, it does... She Her aesthetic does definitely bridge that gap where I think in the past, it's like, you can be feminine or you can be powerful but you have to you can only have one like mm-hmm. and i think that i mean i think you can fall wherever on the you know gender expression spectrum you want to fall but i do like she's like no, 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 i'm not gonna be powerful and i'm gonna wear my lipstick because that has nothing to do with it <laughs> <laughs> right exactly.
1: yeah because this is just me yeah yeah um, and i think it's really important as we start to talk about the present uh i know as a young woman I was not, we talk about the importance of seeing people do the thing that you want to do before you can believe you can do it too. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that like, I mean, as a, as a young woman, most of the doctors I knew were men. I knew there were women doctors. (laughs) I knew they existed. Um, It did not discourage me necessarily, but it certainly was easier as a professional growing in my career to see what that career was going to look like when I met other women and then as uh, and then it's not just about being a woman but like when i met other moms you know like other people who were in my life circumstances i could see myself growing in that career in those directions because i had somebody who was role modeling that for me um so just as important as it is to see women in these positions to, to tell young women today hey you can be this too uh it's even doubly more important to see uh women of color in these positions yeah because when I think about like as a young woman in school we were taught less about women in history than men mm-hmm. and much much less about women of color than men and and men of color than white men too but um, but that's just a part of our history that is not taught enough in schools at any level mm-hmm. I mean not just in you know social studies class or high school history I mean like on college campuses, it's yeah. it's you know often very Eurocentric, and so you don't get those stories, and so you don't realize that like I think we've talked a lot about Hillary Clinton, and I love Hillary, you know that, and I know I'm and it's okay if you wanna if, if I want, if you wanna give me some hate for loving Hillary, that's fine, I'll take it, <laughs> I'll accept it, uh, but um, Shirley Chisholm ran for president in 1972, I believe it was. And yeah, she was the she was the um first major party black candidate to run for president. Wow. And the uh, first black first black congresswoman. And that is a part of our history that we don't talk about a lot. Yeah. That, I mean you think about I like major yet yeah, female candidates for president, you think about Hillary Clinton. Well, yeah. she was not the first by any stretch, yeah. but she was white and I mean, obviously it was more recent, that's part of it too. Yeah. But but Shirley Chisholm should be spoken about just as frequently. And that I remember, like, well, I was never taught that mm-hmm. in history class. So I think seeing women of color and highlighting them in, in positions of power now is so important. And, and every chance that we get, we need to promote women of color into those positions, you know, that, that elect them and, and have their voices heard so that young women of color see that. And know Mm -hmm. that that is possible for them. Because that history is not being taught.
0: Yeah. I agree. I think that that two young women. My my two last icons. Obviously not my two last. But that I'll talk about here. um, Are two young women that are my age. uh, And that's. Yara Shahidi and Emma Gonzalez. Who Mm -hmm. Yara Shahidi is an actress. But also an activist. And has created a lot of campaigns. To get young people to vote and educate young people about politics and get them involved in what's going on in our country and educating them and also is, has taken time off from acting to pursue a degree at harvard and emma gonzalez who survived the Marjorie stoneman douglas high school shooting mm-hmm. and now is a an activist for gun control and has you know been a really loud voice on a very uh you know, public stage about something she believes strongly in. It has gotten a lot of hate for it. It's had a lot of people say really bad things about her and Mm -hmm. still continues to fight for what she believes in because of what she's been through. And I, I think that both of them are really impressive because they're women that are my age. And it's like people that are my age are out there doing amazing, really cool things. And that's just really inspiring to see that, you know, one, you're never not able to do something because of your gender and two you're never not able to do something because you're young Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, and then she's taking on the NRA
0: Mm -hmm. and that's
1: you know scary lobby
0: yeah the scariest thing anyone could do much less a a recent female high school graduate Mm
1: -hmm. no absolutely I think uh, and I think seeing um, younger women too Mm -hmm. like in positions of of power like that it's even more important to know that like you don't have to wait until you're older to get right. to speak up. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. You can speak up now. I, I don't think, and I, I'm speaking in generalities. This isn't, of course, true for everybody. But I don't think that is necessarily taught to men as consistently as it is, I feel like, to women. That, mm-hmm. that you have to, like, wait your turn to speak up. Or at least certainly I felt like in all of my college classes men spoke <laughs> up just fine. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, hmm. You know, I, I, uh, speaking of college, I, it's, it's funny when we were were talking about this episode, I was like, man, I, I feel like I should have, like, looking through my, like, female role models. I'm like, I have a weird, uh, relationship with female role models, specifically in the art world, because coming up in the field of comics, it was very much like any project that I did, I would, I got the same kind of feedback from professors that would slightly annoy me. It's like they would, compare me to the one female comic book artist they could name. Like, oh, you're like a young Jill Thompson. It's like, that's because that's the one woman that you know that makes comics. And I got that all the time. It's like, (laughs) yeah, my artwork looks nothing like Jill Thompson. Or like, your writing style is like Gail Simone. Like, no, that's just a woman that makes comics. I love Gail Simone. She's amazing. Everybody should read Gail Simone. And and so, like, I kind of had this weird, like ambivalence towards females in my field because I felt like it was like no I, I you know I want to be good for good I don't want to just be like you're compared to these same two or three like like token females in my field over and over again but and I mean in art mm-hmm. history too is like massively male dominated like it's unfortunate and there's so much of it that like art history is fascinating but a lot of it breaks down to like uki male gaze like sorry uh but I do want to mention my personal favorite artist ever, uh, Frida Kahlo, um, both, you know, mm-hmm. Mexican-born woman of color. Like, Frida Kahlo is one of those figures that just, just gives a massive middle finger to everything that was standard at the time that she was making art. Like, she, and, and went up against so much, like, she had polio, like, as a, as a baby, like, lived through that, Mm -hmm. had a horrible accident that, like, gave her pain and suffering for the rest of her life, like, wanted to be a doctor, went to one of the first schools that allowed women to study, had to give up her dream because of her injuries, became, like, a world-renowned painter, confronted gender roles, like, embraced her cultural, like, outfits, like, style, like, didn't give that up, made it, made it mainstream, made it style to, like, her cultural touchstones, like, like, that's, I, I think, like, Frida Kahlo is one of the most inspirational women people in in world history. <laughs> hmm Yeah. No, I, I would agree with
1: you wholeheartedly. Um I had a I had as I've gotten older, I have gotten to learn about, especially through um doing sawbones. I'm not plugging my other podcast <laughs> I'm <just mentioning. laughs> I, yeah, I've got, I've gotten to learn about a lot of inspirational people that I didn't know about when I was younger. Um and one that I I mentioned it in an episode not too long ago of Sawbones, but I wanted to mention on here too because I didn't learn about her when I was younger, but now that I have, I, I became obsessed instantly and, like, tried to track down every piece of writing or, like, anything about her life that I could find to learn more about her was um, Haley Tanner Dillon Johnson, and you probably haven't heard of her before, but she was the uh, the first female physician in Alabama And especially notable, she was the first black female physician in Alabama. So the first female physician licensed to practice medicine in Alabama was also a black woman. Um, And it was in 1891. Which I think, if we're thinking like the South in 1891, is especially an accomplishment. And when you hear about what she had to do to become a physician, she had to go through a 10-day oral exam. So for 10 days, she had to go in a room... And sit across from a doctor who was considered an expert in his field, and they were all men, they were all white men, and just answer questions until he was satisfied that she knew enough about that particular area of medicine. And then come back and do it again for nine more days. First of all, I don't know how I I couldn't pass that exam. Yeah. (laughs) Three days in, I would just be crying. Exactly. (laughs) Whether I knew the answers or not, the stress would be too much for me. Right. Um. But the fact that she did it and she did it, you know she must have been flawless because you know they must have been looking for anything. Yeah. Um and she did it and she passed it and then was able to serve as a licensed physician. I think it's a very I became fascinated and like instantly was I was trying to read everything I could about (laughs) her and about her life and what she did and she took care of students at Tuskegee and like I was I was trying to read about all this stuff and it was just Anyway, it's cool to find that as an adult, like women who continue to inspire you from history and current who, you know, push you forward and make you want to be a better you.
2: Well, it's funny because I think a lot of these women that we're talking about, they all have that, that taboo confidence that we started the episode discussing. They all have that in common. (laughs) They all have Mm -hmm. that ability to say, well, this is, this is what I want to do and I'm going to do it and I'm going to find a way around whatever hardships life is going to throw at me and like. I think that mm. I don't think it's accidental that that's the that, that is culturally taboo for women. I think that's a very purposeful thing. I think it's something that we should all be aware of. Our insecurities are somewhat there for a reason because people want us to have them because that keeps us in line.
0: Any other any other women you all would like to I mean, so many others, but a <laughs> podcast is only I, so I, long.
2: I do want to say, uh, as far as, like, cartooning heroes, this is just a funny anecdote, but uh, do you know Brenda's Star Reporter? Either of you, have you heard of that? Sydney, I feel like you might have. It's a comic strip from, like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It took me so three, yes. that's always credited to, I believe, the Nails Dale Messick, uh, but it, mm-hmm. it was actually, like, one of the first major comic strips published that was drawn by a woman, She was just told Mm -hmm. by an editor, like, if you had a more male-sounding name, you might get published. So she changed her publication name to Dale. And the comic was published. (laughs) Yeah. Really? (laughs) So, like super aware of the times like didn't hide the fact that she was a woman but just submitted things with a male name i heard that story back in art school and that it was a, a, a teacher told that to me in conjunction with like oh your name is taylor that's like an androgynous name that will serve you well in this industry and i'm like well that's cool it's a bummer that things haven't changed in 40 years but cool
1: um Wanna what, what I I know I said I was done, but I have one other thing to mention. I feel like I feel like we've talked about how, as young women, um, we were not necessarily always taught about women's history, and then certainly not anything outside of white women's history. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't made the point, and I would like to. I was thinking about again through my other podcast, uh, women that I've learned about that inspire me, and um, one there's a there's a doctor Marcy Bowers who uh, specializes in performing uh, gender confirmation surgery mm-hmm. and she is also notable as the first uh out trans woman surgeon wow. like, who performing these surgeries and um she's considered a rock star of the surgery world yeah I, sh- I didn't know the surgery world had rock stars yeah apparently they do but um but i i mention her because that's it's it's very important to find talented surgeons who can perform that and who are willing to like work with their patients for cost and all that kind of stuff. Um, And that she's uh, out about being a trans woman and can talk to her patients about that and can talk about those issues and the medical side of it and be a surgeon as well. um, I think is so important. Uh, But it's also a good reminder that when we talk about women, we're not talking about cis women. Yes. That those two words are not synonymous. Yes. That we're talking about all women, which includes trans women. I just think it's worth noting.
2: Oh, no, along those same lines, mm-hmm. one of my favorite current musicians is uh, Laura Jane Grace of Against Me, who like, uh, you know, came out as a trans woman. I think it's been about like five, six years now, maybe longer than that. But uh, their album "Transgender Dysphoria Blues" is is stunning. I think it's my favorite Against Me album ever, and it really goes to show that it's like it's her coming into her own, and she makes amazing music, and she's an amazing like she's just an, she's a rock she's an actual rock star no no offense <laughs> <laughs> the actual rock star. but her story is amazing she makes amazing music and like i she, she's right up there with all the other females i started out talking about in this episode that just inspire me to be the most unapologetic me
1: well find the female role models that inspire you yeah that's our that's what we will yes. leave you with and um and be your best you as yeah. a result And thank you for listening, and thank you sisters for joining me. And uh, you can check out other great shows at MaximumFun.org and you can tweet at us at StillBuff, and you can email us again at StillBuffering at MaximumFun.org because I believe it's working again. Yeah. I've got, we have seen emails. We have. So I think it is functional. (laughs) And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Mind.
0: This has been Still Buffering, A Sister's Guide to Teens Through the Ages. I am Riley Smell.
2: I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Baby, Smell.
0: I am a teenager. And I was two.
2: Have you ever watched a movie so bad you just needed to talk to somebody about it? Well, here at the Flop House, we watch a bad movie and then talk
0: about it. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. We'll watch it and we'll talk it. We do the hard work. Featuring the beautiful vocal talents of Dan McCoy. Stuart Wellington.
2: And me, America's Rascal, Elliot Kalin.
0: New episodes every other Saturday at MaximumFun.org
2: or wherever you get your podcasts, dude. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.